Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast presented by First Federal Bank. It's Thursday, August 4th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Chiefs training camp marches on, and we spend a good portion of today's show discussing the draft class and how they're performing at Missouri Western. First-round picks Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis to the trio of seventh-round selections, beat writers Herbie T.O.P. and Jesse Newell, along with columnist Vahe Gregorian, speak to each one, and we provide an evaluation. I'd say most of the rookies are flashing above expectation, but there's one who seems to have fallen a little bit behind. After a break, you'll hear from linebacker Willie Gay Jr., who was his usual honest self at the podium today. Okay, let's get started. This show originated as a Sports Beat Live. Hey, another day, another Chiefs practice, although this one with a different background today, we'll tell you about that, and another Sports Beat Live presented by First Federal Bank. Welcome to the show in St. Joe. We're coming at you from training camp, and um, and let's let's take some roll call here. We got Vahe Gregorian in the house. Vahe, hello. Good to be with you guys, and uh, I can report many different sorts of uh, weather conditions here. From Ice Station Zebra inside to uh, Jesse Newell uh, throwing away the Mary Poppins umbrella and and trying to stay dry out there. Jesse is not in the oven today. Uh, let's make sure. Nope, there he is. Hey, Jesse. You can see Jesse. And, um, he is uh, he's comfortably seated on the patio, the back deck, and uh, we'll check in from there again. I'm glaring at you from here, Blair. I came out here and there was no rain. And now it is dripping on my right shoulder. <laughs> and there was lightning off that way some way. And I'm sitting here at a metal table on a metal chair. So this is about as good of an idea as it was for me to stand on the sideline of the Chiefs practice today with Patrick Mahomes slinging 100-mile-an-hour shots toward the sideline. And me and you and Blair, and me, Blair, you, everybody, uh, Adam Teicher, who got hit by a Patrick Mahomes pass and now has a welt on his leg. So... Uh, this is maybe my second best idea of this entire day. <laughs> well, I believe we might be seeing Jesse uh, to relocate here in a moment. <laughs> and, uh, but as he said, and hello, hello to Herbie, of course. Herbie, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm in I'm in Starbucks, so I'm happy. <laughs> I'm nice. Hey, it's cool down here. I look at Jesse and I see the rain flying around him. It's nice and dry in here. Yeah, you I think see, Jesse's. You see commitment, is what you see, Herbie. You see commitment. No, I see a rookie mistake. That's what I see. <laughs> this is veteran savvy. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you brought up rookies because we're going to talk about them in a little bit. But before we do, uh, I'm going to allude to something Jesse said. I was thinking about this as we were standing on the sidelines indoors today because it rained and was raining hard in St. Joseph, Missouri for um, a good chunk of the morning. So practice was indoors today. It's the first contact practice inside. And I got to thinking that the Chiefs are always looking for ways to enhance uh, fan experiences for their season ticket holders. <laughs> bad idea already. Bad idea. Whatever you're about to say, Blair, is a bad idea. Well, I'm just saying if a few of them could have cha- exchanged places with us today, they would have gotten as close to the action um, uh, of a Chiefs practice as you can possibly be, I mean, without being on the field. But we were just a, a few feet off the field, and when the Chiefs were in a red zone offense, 
too often the action came toward us. <laughs> and and in, in, in incredibly, um, on the action that went to the like the opposite side of the field for us uh, from us, there was a who was it? Was it Gary Jennings that went into the garage door on a? You saw it, Herbie. It was it was an incredible collision going out of bounds. A garage door, by the way, that uh, we were standing in front of, just on the opposite side of the field. So uh, I'm not sure if he put a crack in that garage door, but he went into it pretty hard. Yeah, I don't know if I saw it more so than I heard it. <laughs> From our vantage point, all you heard was a loud boom, and then everybody looks up and you see two players laying there, but they were okay. He got up and then went back to the huddle, and the only thing that was hurt was the door. Well, I, I tell you what, though, I, um, that was like one of those old movies in Sense Around where you felt like the whole theater was shaking, and because it, the effect was the entire the entire uh, building, a couple hundred people in there came to a, a silenced halt. It was that loud. And I was, did a uh, little, little glance at, no, just a little glance at the forensics. At first I thought we just saw sort of the, the steam and smear uh, outline on there, but there, there was a, there was a cracked, uh, there was some cracked glass over there afterwards. Um, I, it, it, it made me wonder whether that, 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 that they maybe have outgrown the indoor game. <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean, say, I, I think it's, I think it's the shatterproof glass. So it like sh shattered, but, or it, cracked but didn't shatter which was good for the chiefs obviously but uh you're right by anyone completely silent by the way it's sunny out here now guys you guys are <laughs> such pansies get out here in the sun with me um but i, I do want to point out player when we're talking about trying to use our brains a little bit i looked directly across at that glass that broke and then i noticed i was looking directly across at the glass that broke and and if that window pane was on the other side and the pass was thrown to the other side that glass breaking would have been maybe me or your skull, Blair, because we were right in front of the window on the opposite side. So yeah. uh, I headed for the hills. I, I headed for the end zone. That was enough for me. I, I've seen enough of the Chiefs uh, bashing themselves into the windows and the walls. Uh, it didn't need to be me cushioning their blow. But you see, the, the veteran of the group was in God. the end zone. So while y'all were over there on the sideline trying to dodge the footballs coming your way, we were safe out of the line of fire at the end zone. Hey, going back to that play, though, yes, it did get quiet, but – it was soon interrupted by somebody yelling from the sidelines, oh, hell yeah, <laughs> That's right after that collision. <laughs> so after that, you know, hey, right back to football. We're right back to football. Well, and just one more little atmosphere note. Uh, Jesse, I think, alluded to it just a moment ago. There, there, was, a, uh, there, there, there was a media wound uh, today. Adam Teicher, our buddy from ESPN, uh, took a Patrick Mahomes pass off of his leg and – I had quite the swelling, by the way. It was a it was a rocket. <laughs> I I was next to Adam. That thing was that thing was coming. I was trying to get my leg out of the way, and I did thankfully. But Adam also took one for the team as part of not a uh, not a veteran move, and that thing was welting up like two minutes later. So yeah, if you ever think that Patrick Mahomes is throwing the ball with some velocity, you're absolutely right about that. We saw evidence of that today. And didn't okay. you guys say he was just kind of like just kind of flicked it away? I mean, it was not maximum release. I don't think that was max for him, but it was. I'm sure Adam Teicher is feeling the max on the uh, on the leg right now. I might need some ice tonight. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, what, what did we see uh, from the Chiefs? You know, something that didn't involve us. What uh, uh, what was what was the best thing we saw, and the and the, um, the questionable thing? And uh, I, I present that because in a moment we are going to talk about the rookie class and what we have seen from 
the, uh, the the ten draft picks basically, and what we've liked and what we uh, what we wonder about going forward. But uh, how about a highlight, Herbie, from you today? What was uh, maybe the best thing you saw at at, uh, at practice? Yeah, one of the things that fans need to understand first of all is when they when the team moves indoors, our reporting guidelines tend to fall in line with what we see in OTAs mandatory minicamp because there's no fans out there. We cannot report what we see. A little different from being outside, but what we can report are like head-turning plays. Some of the things that stood out to me today, Noah Gray, the second-year tight end, he is quietly having a very solid training camp. I also like what I saw to Michael Burton. Burton, their fullback, you know, when you think of a West Coast offense, the fullback is a staple of the West Coast offense. And he had two really nice blocks uh, during one-on-one drills. I loved how he just tossed aside Leo Chanel, their fourth-round draft pick, or excuse me, their third-round draft pick, uh, and really dominated that performance there. And then on a team drill, you had cornerback, defensive back, Chris LeMond's trying to sneak in over there on the right side, and all you heard was a <laughs> – and that was Michael Burton. I was like, my goodness, Burton brought the lunch pail today. So Sky Moore also had a pretty good practice, but the two that I just mentioned there off the top of, the head, off the top of my head there really stood out. Can I just mention really quickly about Chris LeMond's? I, I found it strange that he was holding the leg of – uh, one adversary as he was trying to run away. And, and, and it, I guess there was nobody to call the penalty, but I, I hope that's not a habit he gets. It might be detected in the game. Like holding the leg, I'm not describing it very well, holding the leg up in the air. <laughs> like a wheelbarrow. Like a that's wheelbarrow. the best way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, there are no officials here today. So in the, in some of the practices, they've, they've worked with officials. That was not the case today when they went indoors. How about you, Jesse? Um, anything that uh, that really stood out to you today? Yeah, we're going to start the Jesse Newell Kansas City Star Jinx, I think, because today I thought was by far Ronald Jones' best uh, looks on some of the plays that he's had. He had a big run up the middle uh, and and got through and scored the touchdown. And, uh, you know, it, it sort of makes sense. And Herbie always talks about getting the pads on, but a, a physical-type runner like Ronald Jones making plays now like in practice today, that does make some sense. And, you know, right, right. I talked about the jinx or whatever you want to call it. You know, uh, a couple of days ago, Isaiah Pacheco was getting a lot of first team reps in those open practices we watched. And Ronald Jones was mostly relegated to the second team. We saw Ronald Jones back with the first team in some practices yesterday. And like I said, I thought today was the best he had looked, uh, especially with going through some of their uh, red zone drills that they were going through. And that makes sense. Again, he's a power runner. He's a guy that can get behind his pads and, and find some openings, one cut and go. And there was uh, even that one play that he had that, uh, Andy Reid came all the way over and kind of slapped him on the butt and said, hey, you know, not nice work. Good play with that. Uh, I think, you know, we're going to be talking rookies here in a minute, but I think we saw Jalen Watson yesterday some with the ones, and this has been sort of the camp where we talk about Joshua Williams and the defensive back there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's something we got to start talking about is that another draft pick that uh, the Chiefs made that potentially is – we know that Rashad Fenton is out for now, but another – cornerback is up there toward the top of the depth chart uh, and, and looking pretty good out there. So, uh, you know, he had some good plays today. And then uh, Leo Chanel is another, or Chanel, I should say, Leo Chanel is another one where uh, we saw him some first team reps at uh, strong side linebacker yesterday. He seems to be coming along just fine. And once the pads have gone on, as we might've predicted, he's starting to make some big hits. So yeah, uh, those were the kind of things that stood out to me today. But to me, probably the player that I saw was uh, just from some of the plays he made was uh, Ronald Jones, including one one cut. I remember I was next to you, Blair. We talked about that, that one cut and go, and he was through the hole. And that can definitely help the Chiefs, whether it's a home run ball or whether it is in the red zone where they're going to need some help. 
Okay, so let's dive into this and get into the rookie class. But hang on just a second. Let me write this down. Um, surprise cut list, number one, Ronald Jones because of Jesse Newell. Reverse. Okay. Jinx, jinx reverse. Yes, <laughs> we got this going. There you go. All right. Uh, <laughs> Chiefs had 10 draft picks this year. And uh, I have been just every day that we're out here, I, I get more I'm more impressed with the group as a whole and am convinced that we are going to see a handful of them in starting roles and uh, a more than a handful close to, a, you know, it's certainly a majority of them in the two deep. So um, maybe we should the best way to approach this is. Which, which way is the arrow pointing for them? And we'll just go right down the list. I'll maybe maybe I'll just go. Um, we'll, we'll just uh, take oh, Blair. This Blair, this will be a good visual. We can all point up, side, or down. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Start it. I like that. Um, and and that'll work well when this becomes a podcast too. When there's no <laughs> visual. <laughs> that is perfect. Hey, perfect. <laughs> so, Herbie, let, let's start with you, and let's just uh, let's let's start with the two first round picks, uh, McDuffie and Karloftis. Um, uh, nothing, nothing but good things from both of those players so far, from me, yeah, from absolutely. my perspective. Yeah, they looked apart. The you spend two first round draft picks on these guys; you're expecting them to contribute immediately. So these guys should be day one starters or day one contributors, just like you said, too deep. Uh, it, it'll be fascinating to see how that defensive end position works out once Carlos Dunlap shows up because he's kind of like the wild card there. You know, you, you have Frank Clark on one side. They use that first round pick on Karloftis. And of course, you know, logic says, well, he's your guy. But now all of a sudden you bring in a veteran who has almost 100 sacks on his career. Dunlap's going to work into that rotation as well. And so the Chiefs over the last few years with Spagnolo don't mind rotating defensive ends. And they certainly had the depth there. Jesse Sky Moore um, is, is a product of the Tyreek Hill trade, right? He's uh, he was in one of the positions that the Chiefs got in the in the draft because of the Tyreek Hill trade, and uh, saw him returning some kicks today. Interesting for for Sky Moore, pre pretty positive re reviews for him so far. Yeah, I'd say so. You know, he had the uh, hamstring issue that kept him out of most of the OTAs, and started to get back a little bit with the mandatory minicamp, but you hear from Patrick Mahomes and you hear from the Chiefs coaching staff about how he's tried to catch up. You know, I thought uh, Mahomes said something interesting to us recently about how he's always kind of next to him in the uh, the quarterback room, and he's asking really good questions about, hey, this route is supposed to go here, but would you like it to go here, or would you want it to be this? So those are the kinds of things that, especially in the Chiefs offense with Patrick Mahomes, when uh, I think they like to call it the blurry lines of the playbook, meaning – you know, the route can say to do this line and then this line, but Patrick Mahomes sometimes wants you to do this or break it off or read the coverage and do this. And that chemistry is what has made him and Kelsey, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, so successful. And it's also what helped him with Tyreek Hill. You know, those guys kind of read each other, and it's very hard to defend. So the fact that Sky Moore is doing that right now, asking those right questions, I think that's a positive sign. And when he's healthy, he looks really explosive out there, especially – uh, in some of those routes uh, so far we've seen from the slot, you know, able to get open over the middle and catch. The question right now is, again, he had the hamstring earlier. He's had the hip injury. He's battled a little bit. I mean, just just a little bit of hobble the last couple days, you know, just uh, yesterday when he, he left practice and didn't come back, you know, today, uh, you know, was in there for most of the plays and everything. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. He's not the 
biggest of dudes, but he was pretty reliable uh, in college to, to stay on the field. So we'll see that part of it. But as of right now, I think the Chiefs have to be really pleased with where Sky Moore is and potentially what he could look like when the season comes around. Yeah, I see him. I see him in the rotation uh, of wide receivers, kind of like what McCole Hartman was last year and previous years for the Chiefs. Uh, you know, he was a second round pick. So was Brian Cook, the the safety from Cincinnati. We've seen him when the Chiefs uh, use uh, three safeties in a you know in, in their nickel and and uh, uh, in their you know their junk defense. Uh, I, I think the uh, Chiefs are pretty high on on Brian Cook, third round pick. You mentioned uh, Herbie uh, Leo Chanel. Uh, and, um, I, you know, I, I think he's had an evolution here. Uh, I, I think he is, uh, he's just, he's gotten better by the, uh, you know, by, by the practice and they seem to have just put a little more on his plate since over the last few days. Yeah. I tend to agree with that. And, you know, and unfortunately we're not allowed to report who lines up where, but you know, it, it I guess I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if they decided to rotate a few people in with the ones and, Maybe Chanel might have been in there. I, I can't say if he was. He, he not, was. But. He was with the first team yesterday, Herbie. I can definitely report that. <laughs> well, and yesterday, listen, absolutely. But you know, Vahe, I, I, Vahe got to practice late, so I don't think the rules apply to if you if you you know if you didn't get the rules when you get there. <laughs> so, well, I, you, I, you know, it, it, I was too busy dodging dodging footballs <laughs> and, and uh, uh, chit chatting. Okay, all right, but uh, but anyway, okay, so yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Good deal. And maybe same with Joshua Williams, Kirby rotation. And and what's his role when when Rashad Fenton comes back? That's, and that's here's, I, you know, it's kind of it's, it's interesting you bring that up because there was a group of us, you know, out of harm's way at the end zone watching practice. We were actually <laughs> talking about how deep we thought the cornerback position would go because we, uh, I almost gave away where this one cornerback was playing, but you know he's he's kind of buried. And I'm talking about DeAndre Baker and. You know, he's a guy I thought would, would actually be that fifth or sixth cornerback. And right now, when you look at the competition, the way it's, it's working out, when Rashad Fenton comes back, you got to figure he's in the top four. You know, you, you've got uh, Trent McDuffie, you've got Legarius Sneed, you've got Rashad Fenton, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, Lonnie Johnson. Now, all of a sudden, I just named off six cornerbacks. So we're going to, this is going to be fascinating to see how the rest of this battle shapes out. And I think train, and not training camp, preseason games will separate the top three, top four guys. Okay. We, we've listed six of the 10 and I think thumbs up for all six of those so far, not even a thumbs over as Jesse suggested earlier, but now we come to the fifth round pick, uh, Darian Kennard, the offensive lineman from, uh, uh, from Kentucky, the, the, the fifth round selection. I think people had visions of Trey Smith when, when he was selected and, I'm not seeing it yet. Um, I'm just not. He's the one that, uh, you know, not today, but in, in previous practices, haven't seen him uh, certainly not running with the ones at all and sometimes not with the twos. So I don't know what the, what there is to say here, except uh, it's, this is a thumbs over or towards a thumbs down. We're only a few days into contact practice, but uh, but I think he's he's just got some more work to do. Yeah, there were some visions, Blair, and I can kick this to Vahe afterwards, but there were some visions from some people coming the season that he could compete for right tackle because, again, the Chiefs made it look so easy last year with Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. It's like those guys from the very beginning were first string, performed well, and then performed at like an almost an all-pro level uh, if you're talking about Creed Humphrey throughout the course of the season. We're just not seeing that with, with Darian Kennard yet. So, yeah, that'll be something to watch. Um, 
still time, obviously. I mean, it doesn't, not everybody hits the ground running immediately, but out of all the rookies we've listed so far, that's the one so far that I would say that has not taken maybe some of the steps the other guys have. And so this might be more of a project rather than an immediate contributor. And, you know, an interesting point you made, Jesse, but just to, to add to it a little bit, I think we forget how incredibly exceptional the situations of Creed hum- Humphrey and Trey Smith were. I mean, it, it, we might look at that as a model, but it is, it is outside the norm. I mean, and so, you know, if you, if you think that through a little more, it's, it's, to me anyway, seems far more to be understood that uh, this, this could be a while in the making for, for a rookie offensive lineman. I think I remember one of the redrafts that one of the NFL analysts did where both of those guys were in the first round if you did a redraft of the draft. So, I mean, the Chiefs found gold with both of those guys. That's not going to be a common occurrence every single year to pluck a you know four- or five-year starter out of that. But, again, you know, it, it does make you wonder if they have the magic elixir, and if so, if Kennard would be the next in line. And, again, so far, early in training camp, Pat just came on, but we have not seen that development just yet. I, I think, Zane, let me chime in here real quick before we go on break, Blair. I think the biggest thing – why they're not rushing Kennard right now is because they have a veteran. Last year when you brought in uh, Creed Humphrey and you brought in Trey Smith, they didn't have that veteran presence in front of them. You know, I don't know if you want to count Austin Blythe as Creed Humphrey's top competition, but it was pr- essentially his job to lose. Trey Smith was a guy who should have been a two, second or third round draft pick if not for the heart conditions. And the Chiefs, they, they found lightning in the bottle when he kept sliding down. But when I look at the right tackle right now, they signed Andrew Wiley you know, they brought him back on that one-year deal before they drafted Kennard. So I think they're, they're content to let him, like, almost have a redshirt year, if, if, if that makes sense. I will say veterans, sometimes they take it easy. They sit at Starbucks. They stay out of the way of Patrick <laughs> Mahomes football. But sometimes you need rookies to step in, you know, be around lightning and rain and, you know, do crazy things just to see if things work out. I'm, I'm just saying, Herbie, you know, sometimes it's good to have some rookies in there. Keeps it fresh. <laughs> yeah, you could say that, I guess. I, I wouldn't, but you could say that. All right, let's uh, let's call it halftime and hear from First Federal Bank. When I bought my first home, I was searching for listings and negotiating all on my own. Now I'm back in the housing market and I could not imagine doing that again. But then I found First Federal Bank of Kansas City's expert loan advisors at ffbkc.com. They were kind, knowledgeable, and available 24-7. My loan advisor answered my questions and helped me feel confident all the way through closing. I trust First Federal Bank because they understand banking is personal. Apply today for a home loan at ffbkc.com slash homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. We are back on Sportsbeat KC talking Chiefs from training camp with Jesse Newell, Vahe Gregorian, and Herbie Teope. Just wanted to shout out to uh, to Terry, to Jack, to Brian, uh, Ivan, RJ. Thanks for checking in. Um, and thanks for watching. Okay, guys, but let's let's um, let's finish up with kind of a quick thought on the the final three. That's how big the draft class was. We couldn't get it all in the first half of the show. That went so long anyway. Um, Herb, why don't you take Jalen Watson? What, what do we what do we see again? We we're talking about the cornerback position, which is so deep. 
I think if anything, I think if anything, Andy Reid said it best. You know, he he mentioned after practice there will be a competition there. A lot of this is going to be really depend on when Rashad Fenton returns. I think the longer he's out, the more we'll get a chance to see the Joshua Williams and the Jalen Watson. Yeah, remember back in the spring, general manager Brett Veach said the target date for Rashad Fenton to come back was the start of camp. We're, we're two weeks in now, and he's still on the pup list. So the longer he's out. You know, the better it works out for these rookies. Okay, and, and just while we're on it, the last pick they had in it because I want to. There's someone else that I want to talk about, but the, the last pick was uh, Nazi Johnson, the safety from Marshall. I, I you know, I, I just haven't. He, he hasn't popped much, um, uh, but I, maybe I've missed it. I just haven't seen much of uh, much much of Johnson. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there as well. You know, you're, you're talking about a seventh round draft pick, and in the draft. When, when teams use that seventh-round pick, they're looking at projects, somebody who could help out on special teams, and you know maybe that's what they're eyeing for him. Okay, and finally, let's wrap it up with Isaiah Pacheco. Interesting cat. Um, it was asked about it today. A couple of players, a couple of players weighed in on him. Andy Reid gets asked about him quite a, quite a bit. The running back from Rutgers, uh, we've seen him uh, in, in several practices take uh, be the first guy back taking kickoffs. But that's that. But Jesse, that running back position is pretty darn deep. Yeah, it is. And again, we just talked about uh, Ronald Jones emerging lately, and potentially that shifts things around. And they already have a roster crunch. When we're talking about okay, they're going to keep four tight ends. Are they going to keep their fullback like they always do? And Herbie will tell you we know that anybody's going to keep his fullback. That's part of the West Coast offense. That's part of what he likes to do in short yardage situations. But uh, we talked to Dave Tobe yesterday, a special teams coordinator. He said. Pacheco's return of kicks, man, and it makes sense. He's a bigger body. He's got speed. You know, had tied for the fastest time of the combine uh, in, as far as running backs go with speed. So it makes sense to put him back there, but he seems like a guy that's going to make the roster for that, if nothing else. Uh, we'll see how he factors into the running back mix, but uh, right now it seems like a special teams lock and a guy that they really like. And there's a reason that Brett Veach before the draft talked about how he liked some of these sixth, seventh, and round, potentially sixth and seventh round running backs and guys that even go undrafted. They probably had Pacheco up there on their board and seemed plenty happy to have him right now. He's gotten a lot of action so far in camp. Okay, we got to talk to uh, three players today, as we usually do. And I thought the most, um, I, I thought a couple of them were pretty darn interesting. But one uh, that we're going to hear from right now, in fact, is Willie Gay, the linebacker Willie Gay Jr. And, uh, and when we come back, I want to hear Gavahe's impressions of what he heard today from from Willie Gay, and again, uh, interesting guy with some uh, with some interesting thoughts here. Uh, let's run it, Monty. You said you want to lead the league in the interceptions among linebackers. Yeah. Right? What gives you that confidence to make that goal? Because I know I can do it. I, you know, um, coming out of college, man, I was a guy I feel like was drafted because of my coverage ability. And man, like, I, I feel like I dropped four of them last year. You know, Cowboys. Broncos, you know, I feel a couple other teams uh, I can say. And um, I feel like, man, if, you, if I make those opportunities and you know make the play, that's like five, six interceptions last year. So this year, man, I really can take it to the next level. I feel I know that for, for a fact, so I'm definitely going to do that. How much of guarding having guard Travis Kelsey practice help you? Oh, man. Uh, you know what? That's, that's a good question because Travis is he's different. You know, tight ends don't run routes like Travis. He's he's patient, very slow routes, but they very efficient. So he, he'll make a move on you, man, and 10 seconds been passed by already, you know, so you think the play over and he hits you with a 
up and out or something, you know. But um, it definitely makes you better for the guys that you play against every week because, once again, nobody runs routes like Travis. Nobody can throw the ball like Pat. So we get better over there, man. Good stuff. Uh, but I thought it's actually his best line is one that I, I, I didn't get to, to cut, and that was when uh, he basically said the, his, his rookie season was – he was just a kind of a lost soul as a rookie. And, um, and, and, and so he was asked about the other rookies, the ones we just talked about. And uh, he was pretty, pretty open and honest about how he, um, how, how the game was so fast for him as, as a rookie, but, uh, but he's, he's confident enough now to, to throw out a, a number for the interceptions he wants to, to track this year. So what'd you, what'd you think of Willie Gay Jr. today, Vi? As ever, I really appreciated him. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said how, how, I think candid and, and open he tends to be and, and uh, speaks from the heart. Uh, caught himself a little bit there after he called Travis Kelsey slow and made a point of saying <laughs> that he, uh, he, no, he didn't really call him slow. I, I, knew, what he, I knew what he meant. But um, I, I think the, the very point you're hitting on with, with the way he spoke about how overwhelmed he was his rookie year, and even um, I can't remember the exact term he used, but even going as far as to say, I, he didn't say I gave up, but he, it was a, a term in that realm. And he didn't just so I think nobody misconstrues that. I don't think he meant like he was, you know, quitting on the job. It wasn't like that, but I think he just kind of came to feel like this isn't my time. Uh, and I, I, I've got a lot more to learn. Um, the most colorful sequence that I kind of enjoyed was him uh, sort of crowing a little bit about taking a, another Mahomes uh, interception back and, Saying that's that's the reason he he knows he can lead the league in interceptions because if he can pick take a couple of Pat's balls, you can take them from the other guys. And then Herbie, I don't know if it was you or somebody asked if he uh, if he told Patrick about about that, and he said I'm not that cocky. Um, so I that that it's just a point of humor, but it actually gives you a little glimpse at I think the real persona. He's kind of got the swagger, the juice, uh, as he noted. <laughs> But I think he also um, has a level head about how he's going to be as a player. I, I, I think he's he's really an appealing guy for Chiefs fans. Yeah, look, I, I think between him and, and Nick Bolton, um, we're, we're, we're kind of dealing with a position of strength for the for the Chiefs defense this year. And um, he was, uh, you, you know, there's something else that crossed my mind as he was talking. Vahe, you were not up here one day earlier this week when the topic of mental health was popular on the podium. A, a couple of players addressed it, and you remember the you know his his rookie year that Willie Gay had some issues uh, with that, and it, it, maybe we we didn't ask him about that today. But uh, this is somebody who is uh, who has had to deal with that. And um, I, I, anyway, I couldn't help but think that, uh, you know, he seems to be in a good place right now and, um, and hopefully, hopefully he is. Yeah. I, I, that's the sense I have too. And, and it's funny, the timing of that eludes me because he, he, there was, there were a couple of different uh, times at which he spoke about it. And I, I, uh, I gather that he's in a better place and, and, and I actually think he would be a really good guy to, to be able to sit down with and have a talk about it at some point, if we could ever, design that kind of access with him. Cause I think he, uh, I think he realizes that he's also in a position to, uh, to, uh, you know, have a good influence in, in that. Mm -hmm. For sure. Okay. All right, guys. I think we could, we could carry on for, for quite a long time as we can every day, but let's, uh, let's stop it here. Uh, the big thing is we don't have to get Jesse out of the oven. Um, he's, uh, he seems very comfortable out there on the patio. 
I'm not moving because I think there's a bug that crawled down my back. <laughs> so I don't want to know what it is. I might I have a better angle. Them up. Okay, I'll come down and get it for you. Uh, we'll extract it carefully. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for Jesse, who's got some uh, little work ahead of him here, uh, for Vahe and Herbie, for producer extraordinaire Monty Davis, um, thanks to First Federal for the sponsorship. And we will do this again tomorrow because the Chiefs are practicing again tomorrow. Good afternoon, everybody. That will do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Randy Mason, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A salute to our sponsor, First Federal Bank. Their website is ffbkc.com. And a tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian, Jesse Newell, and Herbie Teope for sharing their insights on the Chiefs. The Morning Sports Edition is the best sports page in America. Hey, check it out. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com to see what I mean. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Friday with another Sports Beat KC.